Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, is Valorant the next Fortnite? Some interesting nods for the Emmys. And is it time to adopt me? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back for another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also send us stars and wherever we're Facebook gaming out there in the Facebook gaming world and streaming and all that, like right now. But also as well, if you like, share, follow, whatever you do to help us out and support what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend, He's our own future Emmy nominee of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His great shows, Topic Ocalypse, and the Super BS Gamescast. Plus, you can also grab his book at any point in time, whether it's downloading on the Kindle or the Nook. You can go ahead and order the hardcover as well on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's going on, man? It's just uh, another beautiful day here in Lorena, Texas. And uh, so I know a while back, I just want to rabbit trail for a minute. I know a while back we talked about whether or not The Last Christmas was going to be a, a decent Christmas movie. It wasn't. It wasn't. Did it Watched serve it on- the memory of George Michael well? Well, I don't know if it served the memory of George Michael or if it just didn't have any other music to play besides George Michael. I mean, you kind of take your pick, but it was a very frustrating movie. And so? uh that, that well, so you she gets in this car accident or not car accident. I don't actually know what happened to her, but she meets this guy, you know, you find out she's got a heart transplant. She meets this guy, um the the guy from Crazy Rich Asians. He's Henry also Golding. a gentleman. Henry Golding, very good actor, by the way. He is. He um, is. He's got he's got superstardom written all over him. Yeah. So that happens, and she meets him, and this guy is like unreliable, but it, he like teaches her to be a better version of herself. And they're weaving this romance tale. Can I spoil it? Is that okay? Can I spoil the movie? It's not Christmas. Go for it. Okay. So you find out that this guy was the one that gave her her heart. And so he was, I, it, it's, it's very, I guess they're trying to be very metaphorical, but like he had, she has his heart in her chest. Like literally. How is he alive? He wasn't. She's like hallucinating the whole thing. Oh, so it's Fight Club, but we can't talk about Fight yeah, Club. Basically. Yeah, basically. Anyways, it was, uh, I don't know. I had a problem with it. It wasn't my favorite. And I see they're trying to kind of like. <laughs> be uh you know very clever and like it felt like they had like a Notting Hill slash love actually vibe to it I don't really think it worked very well but that's my rant for today what's up man how you doing I'm doing well that's why I didn't do so well overall in the theaters my friend pretty much that's uh how it I think it went 
Oh. You know what? Hey. It'd still be one of those films that you're going to see every last Christmas. But we're going to have a great episode coming up for you today. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things around the pop culture spectrum. And I want to also give a shout out to everyone out there that's catching us now on all the different Facebook streaming groups that are out there. We cannot thank you enough for supporting us and watching us and checking out what we do. We truly appreciate it. We're going to be talking about Valorant. A lot of high power stuff going on there because it is one of the biggest openings for a free to play game ever. So we'll talk about that in a second and we're going to see where we think it's going to end up as far as in the upper echelon of gaming. Is it going to be the next Fortnite? We're going to talk more about that coming up in a second. Universal and UMC had an agreement. They came to Nice Nice. They sat down at the dinner table looking at each other all funky and all that and angry. But you know what? They finally put pen to paper and made an agreement. And it's kind of got a different feel to it going forward that Josh has talked about in the past. So I want to go ahead and touch on that also as well because Josh has really touched on this subject a lot. And I want to go ahead and hear his thoughts on it, on this new agreement that Universal and UMC made. Plus, we're going to be talking a little bit about Crisis Remastered and Destroy All Humans. Those remasters came out recently. We want to talk about how good they are. Do we think that they deserve remasters? And is this going to set the thing forward where as far as for the future for remasters continuously? Because we've been seeing a whole string of them. Are we going to continue to see it now and in the future for the next generation? Plus, Josh and I have thoughts on CrossCode and Sisters Royale. We've both been playing these games as far as Josh with CrossCode and me, Sisters Royale. And we have some thoughts on that. Emmy nominations are out. And we're going to talk about some of the more high-profile Emmy-nominated shows that were out or that are that have been nominated. So we're going to talk about that as well. Witcher prequel is coming to Netflix eventually. After you know what we're going to go ahead and see the success of or what we've seen with the success of The Witcher, a prequel, i.e., more chunk of change for Netflix and more viewers are going to check out Blood Origin coming up here in 2021 so we'll share some thoughts on that and last but not least coming up on the back end of the show josh and i are thinking about adopt me adopt me is a sub game but it's coming you know it's branching out on its own kind of because it's getting so popular within the realm of roblox so we'll talk about that game coming up at the back end of the show as well but my friend it all starts off with valorant I want to hear your thoughts on Valorant. It is, again, like I said, since its official release, since it came out of beta in June 2nd, from Riot Games, one of the biggest makers out there of, of games that a lot of people, especially on the in Europe, in Asia, a lot of people know a lot of the great stuff that's out there for Valorant. It's a hybrid from what I've been taking a lot of time to sit down and watch. It's kind of like a hybrid of Counter-Strike Geo, Global Offensive, and Overwatch. And of course, it gives you ample opportunity to go ahead and buy those microtransactions. So it's making a ton of cash. And in fact, it's making so much cash in this age right now, or this in, in this year, that year-over-year year video game spending is up about 10%, actually 9%, but closing in on 10%. And you see it right there on the screen for everybody that's on Facebook Live. You see it right there in the number six position for PC spending. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Could this end up being the next big game, i.e. Fortnite? Because Valorant is getting a lot of just good word out there, a lot of people getting into it, and I think it has at least a good starting point being the biggest launch ever for a free-to-play game. Yeah, sorry, I'm like, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It looks... It's got like an Overwatch animation style. It looks like it plays like Apex Legends. Uh, I this is, I'm looking at you know Wired's review of it, and they're saying that it's crazy addictive, punishing. It it seems like it's kind of the, I don't know Apex Legends, but more challenging. I guess would be the word. I don't know. Is it a battle royale game? I'm I'm having a hard time finding. Well, think of, information. Think of it like overwatch 
and Ed, with a lot of elements of Counter-Strike Global Offensive. I mean, I was taking a look at it. It, To me, it has that real feel of that, and with some elements of uh, that Battle Royale-type genre thrown in, because that is, obviously, at this point in time, one of the most popular game genres. So, I mean, I just... When you get off to that kind of start, it, it ha- everybody has to take notice. And Riot Games, a lot of their games have been geared towards different markets outside of North America, but this is actually taking hold all over. And with one of the biggest launches ever for any type of game, whether it's free-to-play or paid, it's making a big impression going forward. Yeah, so I guess like my big question would be like, what is the ranking system like? Because I remember the ranking system in like Halo 2 or any of the Halo games was crazy addicting, right? You're like, oh, I'm a sergeant now. I can decorate. I can get this piece of armor. Like, is it, are you are you unlocking anything as you rank up or do you have to pay for all this stuff? Like, I, I'm, Well, you're doing a little bit of both, of course. I mean, there's a lot of grinding yeah. involved with all these free-to-play games, but there are a lot of enticements, whether it's cosmetic or otherwise, there's a lot of enticements to buy microtransactions and Riot Games is making a ton of cha-ching off this like we've seen already from other free-to-play games, i.e. Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, it, it looks it looks interesting. I'd be willing, I mean, I'd be willing to like keep following it to see if it maybe can knock some some players out. is it going to remove players from like apex and uh you know fortnite and stuff like that i think that's the big uh challenge to marketers of this type of property right now well i'm telling you right now at least everybody's giving an initial try or at least a lot of people are and you know the market that i think is giving it the try most and i'm not going to say counter-strike geo because a lot of those counter-strike geo players they've been there a long time so it's going to be really hard to get them off it's the Overwatch crew, because Overwatch is now, what, three, four years old now, getting getting a little bit up there in age as far as not being, it's still a modern game, of course, but it's not as modern as it once was, because we're getting into a new generation of gaming here with the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, so there is an Overwatch 2 on the way, but overwatch itself the original maybe people are starting to fly off there and go into different places and one of the places they may go is valorant but like you said with apex legends fortnite the hardcore players for any of these games are going to stick with what they're seeing and playing every single day but the fringe players the casual players players who are tired of getting their you know their their head handed to them every single game they want to go ahead and try something new and valorant could be just it yeah, I'm just I'm really interested in the ranking system though. I mean, like, uh, yeah, if it creates a system where like you they you remember in Halo too how they would match you with people who you or even Gears of War did this too where they'd match with people of your skill level. I would hope that that would be, you know, that that's what I consider a successful ranking system. So you're not like constantly being frustrated. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing. Riot Games has made enough games so that they understand how to go ahead and have that kind of outlying structure so that it will entice you to play just a little longer. Play just a little longer. Oh, you want to go ahead and buy something? Go spend right here. Spend some money here and there. But again, since it's a free-to-play game, it's not that bad as, say... Well, let's go NBA 2K. I I love the NBA, but, you know, the NBA 2K with the microtransactions and the fact that the next series of NBA 2K, NBA 2K21, is going to require another $10 bump up if you're buying from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. And, of course, you know, already being a 2K has a lot of microtransactions in it already. But when you're a free-to-play game, I think... Even well, there's not on a game this large. You're not going to have a play-to-win scenario because if you have a play-to-win scenario, you're selling the other millions of players short. So, I think right now the way they're structuring it, similar to what Fortnite does and some of these other success models of these free-to-play games, you're seeing them going ahead and having this kind of sex success because it's still fun for players that are just jumping in free. 
but also as well, it's a game that is very enticing to go ahead and spend a little bit of money here or there. And I don't mind that from a free-to-play game because it's free in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm I'm honestly okay with microtransactions in when it comes to free-to-play games. Yeah. I think it's a risky business model, and if you are able to make money off of it and recoup your losses, then good, good for you. You know, that's, that's why I was saying, like, I don't necessarily dislike Fortnite. I don't necessarily dislike something like, you know, sea of thieves or even uh, apex legends. I, I, or call I, of duty Warzone, or call of duty Warzone. It's very ingenuitous. I just, I don't like when I pay $60 for a game and then I have to continue to pay more money in game to get certain things. And uh, I don't, you know, it's it's been a, a while since I've played a game like that, but I I have an issue with that. Oh, I'm sure everybody else out there does. I mean, it's not cool at all when you, I'm, I'm asked to go ahead and slap $60 down and then, you know what, I want to go ahead or to in order to play the game to the fullest, you have to go ahead and buy these little add-ons here and there, add-ons here and there. And I, that I do not appreciate. I mean, if it's DLC or extra content, like uh, we'll say Oblivion. Oblivion had those large extra DLCs where you didn't have to get it because the game itself was 100 hours long. But if you wanted the DLC, 10 15 20 to go ahead and spend on the extra, that's fine because they're extra adventures hours and hours long. When it concerns a $60 game, and you're always asked as well to go ahead and not specifically be cosmetic. This is beyond cosmetic. This is a little bit more. This is actually affecting the gameplay and progression when it concerns some of these 2K games. That, to me, I have an issue with. So I can't say I blame you a bit. I take up issue, and I know I don't know if I've, I've talked to you about this, and I've talked to, to uh, Brank about this, but it's the fact that you're paying full price for a game that is essentially unfinished Absolutely. you know and i know ea got themselves in some hot water for this uh a while back too but battlefront the battlefront yeah that was a disaster um but yeah it was i just like i admire this type of gaming and i know and i know it's tough i know it's hard because look at the one that amazon put out i forget what it was called but the, it was put it's the only game in history to be put back into beta after having a full release. Yep. And that's uh, that just goes to show that's the challenges. If a company like Amazon can't successfully release a game like that with all the money that they have backing them, then you have to admire somebody who does succeed at doing something like this. Releasing it at the same or virtually the same exact time as that game from Amazon. Plus also with Amazon, I think it's Brave New World or New World or something like that, that that game, which was going to come out, got delayed because of the failure of the first game. So, you, like you said, you see the business model being very risky for a free-to-play game, and if people are not ready to jump on, they're not going to jump on if they don't like the basic structure of, and outline of the game itself. So, you got to have something fun that people could get into. And Valorant looks like it can be just that what are your thoughts out there on valorant are you playing it are you into it we want to hear your thoughts it's one of the biggest free-to-play launch titles ever and we want to know if you if you think it's going to be this time next year surpassing pretty much any game out there including fortnite so i want to hear your thoughts on that popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also so popculturecosmos manic media and game source on facebook twitter and instagram and of course Pop Culture Cosmos on TikTok as well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. My friend, there was a big news item this week 
Universal and AMC. I said UMC right here in the notes, but it's actually Universal and AMC came to an agreement. They're made nice, nice because you heard the threats. Oh, we'll never be able to da 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 da. Okay, you never play. We'll never play Universal again. Blah 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 blah. This this came from the Trolls World Tour Fallout because Trolls World Tour was put. You know, it bypassed theaters. It was it's pulled out of you know the going to be in the theater distribution. They pulled it out, and Universal said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and put it straight to VOD. It went VOD, became a big hit in its own right through VOD. Got AMC theaters all mad. They said they would never do business with Universal again. Well, they finally came to an agreement this week that said, you know what, after 17 days, I'm assuming it's going to be based on the picture. Because I don't think 17 days you're going to have the next Fast and Furious on there. But it may be an agreement that it's just straight 17 days and it hits VOD. But that's very interesting that pretty much two and a half weeks in, Josh, all these Universal movies will be going straight to VOD. Or at least a good percentage of them. It makes sense. You know, especially we've been talking a lot about the market, right? What's the the theater market going to look like? Once all this stuff passes, what's that? What's the new landscape going to be for movie going? And uh, it makes sense. You know, it makes sense that they would say, hey, you know, after and this is not not to necessarily say that they will, in fact, release something on VOD, but they have the the ability to do it. You know, so if, say, COVID clears up and everyone goes back to the movie theaters, they can say, oh, hey, this movie's still in theaters maybe it, it's still doing really well. Maybe let's not release it on VOD. So maybe that's kind of what they're going for, just to have the option of doing it. There, there's not a lot of specifics in the in the uh, you know the announcement, so I don't really know to include Fast and Furious, Jurassic Park, stuff like that. Because I know Jurassic World had a pretty long run in theaters and it continually made money every weekend. So uh, I don't know how smart it would be. I think this is kind of a safety precaution you know on the off chance that movie going is just not safe anymore absolutely or if you're having a underperforming movie title even if you had a full audience going to it so that you can put it on a premium pay demand i'm going to read out the uh, yahoo article real quick i want to give them uh, the correct credit on it financial terms of the agreement were not disclosed however in the statement amc ceo Adam Aaron said the company will share in these new revenue streams. Universal only has the ability to put its movies on premium on demand, meaning the rentals that go for roughly $20 per, you know, like we saw with Trolls World Tour. It cannot sell films or rent them for lower on demand fees. And then even though Universal under this new agreement could theoretically debut with the next Jurassic World or Fast and Furious, Within 17 days of their view, they will no longer have exclusive runs in cinemas. Instead, the studio's the option to capitalize on its new freedom with mid-budget stuff, comedies, horror movies, things like that. So I have a feeling, again, that if it's a big hit, it's going to be waiting to go ahead on VOD. But if it's something that's not meeting expectations for one reason or another, that you could be seeing a lot sooner on VOD. Yeah, and I think that that is a that's a safe thing for them to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw other uh, other distributors follow suit. You know, I don't necessarily know if Disney would do it, but uh, it it just it's an interesting business model, and if it ends up working for them, then yeah, why not? What are your thoughts out there on this agreement between Universal and AMC Theaters? It's going to be a big win for people out there that don't want to go back to theaters or are kind of waffling on seeing one movie or another. Want to hear your thoughts on a, hopefully a faster travel for movies to hit video on demand. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Still much to talk about in this show, my friend. I want to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about Crisis Remastered and Destroy All Humans. They both are coming out to different consoles. Crisis, as you know, when it got released, I think it was 2007, in that great, or actually I'm going to say the greatest year of gaming. You see a lot of it behind me right there with Mass Effect. I want to ask you this. Crisis was a game that almost broke PCs because it was just pushing the edge in 2007. 
it's now come out to a lot of great reviews being put on as small things as the Nintendo Switch. So I want to hear your thoughts. Does this renew your interest in Crisis, a game which was really pushing the limits and bounds of technology at that point in time, but it didn't sell as much, I think, as, a, as I think a lot of people had expected? But I want to hear your thoughts if Crisis Remastered might just do the trick this time around. You know, so I have a complicated history with Crisis. You know, I, I never play, I always wanted to play this game growing up. You know, it was, uh, I had just finished Halo and I saw Crisis. I'm like, dang, that looks so much better than Halo does. Uh, just looking at like how the color palettes, how shiny his armor was and just, you know, reading stories and Game Informer about people who had, 12 screens hooked up, you know, and they they got Crisis running on them. And so in this game, when Crisis 2 was, came out on Xbox 360, I could not wait to play it. Then I got it, and, you know, you get out there, like, it, the game looks great, yeah, but, I mean, it is meant for PC. It was meant you know, for high-end PCs at that time. For a high-end PC, but not just, yeah, not just that, but, I mean, not just in the way that it looks, but, like, in the gameplay. Like, you could tell with the... uh you know, the AI they use in the game, that it is meant for people who have macros on their keyboards, people who can just press a button and then automatically flip around. You know, it's like, it's it's so fast paced and so hard to play with a controller. And that really turned me off of Crisis for a while because I was really stoked on it. And then I just, I couldn't play it. Even on, you know, the... the easy the I, I can't remember if you changed difficulty but if you could i probably played it on easy and i still could not uh do very well at this game so uh you know crisis on switch i'm glad that it's getting really good reviews my problem with shooters on on switch is that unless you're using the pro controller it is hard to play a shooter on switch have you tried yet uh i have a shooter on switch it's it's kind of hard like you said, without using the proper controller, but it's not impossible. I mean, it's just a little bit, your, your reaction time, yeah. I think is a little slower. No, it's not impossible, but it's because on the joy cons, because the joysticks are so small or so close to the joy con itself, it is hard to get a, a good enough grip on that to continually, you know, do your run and jumps and stuff like that. So, you know, hearing that it's doing well on, on, on switch is a surprise to me. And like it, honestly intrigues me so maybe i will go back and play it but i would love to see crisis you know become a halo become a i don't want to say resistance or kill zone because those are not very good franchises at the moment but it, but, it ended up being that because it never re i mean it spawned sequels but it just never really latched on with the audience and plus uh, i think crisis remaster is also coming out for other platforms or it has come out for other platforms as well just yeah so i yeah. mean maybe this is what it needs though to kind of rejuvenate itself maybe it needs some strong mythology or i, I don't know but i mean it's there has to be some some people interested enough in it for it to merit a remaster because this game is like what it's close to 10 years old yeah. if not older so. oh yeah it's older it's 13. 13. Yeah, stoked stoked to hear it. I mean, I'd be willing to give it a try. What about you? Is it something you you consider picking up? I was intimidated by it, to be honest with you, because I didn't have a high end PC at that point in time, and like you said, it, playing it on any other system around that time, it was chugging. You know, frame rate down. It just it would eat systems. Anything else that was on outside of a high-end PC, if you had to have the, the video card up to date, you had to have a processor up to snuff. And if you didn't, it, it really wasn't a pleasant experience. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm ready to go ahead and get back into Crisis because Crisis 2 came out and really didn't get over very well with audiences. And uh, I think now is a good time to get into the Crisis game while... After, of course, you and I are both done playing the games that we're going to talk about coming up here in a minute. But, yeah, we're, we're really getting into some Crisis Remastered, looking at it as something that on the back end of this console generation, it's kind of a nice thing to have coming back to us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it might be something that the Switch, or not just the Switch, but, you know, other consoles too can really... Uh used to, to show off what they're capable of. I mean, I, I'd be curious to know if it's going to get the four, the 
the upgrades that uh, some of the other games are going to be getting when they release on Series X and PlayStation Five. But uh, I, hey, I'm I'm interested enough to give it another try. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely give it a, a look at and see if it's something that we can go ahead and hang with. The other game that got remastered with a little bit more high profile is Destroy All Humans. And even though it was a well, fairly successful game and a, a kind of a cult classic at the time and something that got okay reviews, it's getting a lot better reviews because people are raving about how well this was translated and remastered for this generation. So I want to hear your thoughts on Destroy All Humans, a very quirky, a very funny, and a kind of a really cool and different kind of game. I played it back in the day. I enjoyed it. It had its flaws. And these flaws, some of it got rough, you know, evened out and, and roughed out in as far as this remaster is concerned, but it looks really good, plays even better, and I think it's something that if you didn't play it before or are interested in a game off the beaten path, I think this might do it for you. Yeah, I, it's definitely worth checking out. I got Xenoblade Chronicles remastered right now. I'm trying to get through on the Switch, but maybe I'll, I'll throw Crisis on my list next. What are your thoughts out there on the remasters of Crisis? and destroy all humans. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And please, you can also go ahead and check us out on TikTok, popculturecosmos, or send us out those Facebook gaming stars because we would truly appreciate any support you might give us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. Well, my friend, there's more to talk about on today's program, including Emmy nominations coming up and a Witcher prequel. And also, we want you out there to adopt me. But first, Crosscode and Sisters Royale. I'm playing Sisters Royale right now on the Xbox One. It's out everywhere on all the major systems. It is a, as I said on the Monday show, I'm telling you, my friend, this is a fun game. Reminds me a lot of Time Pilot 1942 from the old days and retro days. Yes, I know I'm dating myself. But with a very JRPG-ish type look, maybe not necessarily a feel, but it, it, the storyline is, is there's really not much of a story as far as your group of, of you know, that's trying to save the island and, and from the big bad bosses and whatnot. It's, it's all a tech story, so really that you're not really getting much into that. But the gameplay, where you can have so much coming down at you on the screen as far as the, the fire, the, the, the just whatever the bosses are, are sending out at you or the, uh, the, you know, the other bad forces in the game, just really just what they're throwing out at you. My gosh, left, right, you have to go ahead and maneuver. You're always looking to maneuver, but I don't know if you remember the games like that, those top-down shooters that you could go ahead at the arcade. The only thing is with this game, because the the screen itself for the actual gameplay only takes up about, I'd say about 55% of the screen. There, you know, The rest is set by sidebars for either a character or for your score, which can go into the billions and billions of points which is that is part is really cool and i love that and it's such a fast action game but i'll tell you what the the power-ups the 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 the, just the gunfire just the gunplay the the power-ups again and just that you get and the things that you could do to go ahead and the the frantic action it really is a fun game i highly recommend it i bet it's a blast on the switch i'm playing on the xbox one and i just have a great recommendation for this game the sisters rail it's much you know when i want to I gave us the choice as far as which games to play, and I thought, oh, I'm getting this game, Sisters Royale. Eh. Then I played it, and I was pleasantly surprised. So what what is the what is the gameplay like? Is it it's top down? Like it, top down down you one no, of those. Yeah, I know it's it's top down. Is it like is the gameplay smooth? Is oh, it yeah, yeah. feel clunky? 
No, no, it, it feels clunky, but the whole screen can line up or the, can be filled by firefight. And all right. these little fireballs or weapons or anything else come all at you. And there might be just a little crack for you to go ahead and find in the screen that you have to be at in order to go ahead and live and survive while simultaneously trying to shoot back with your array of artillery back at the various bosses or bad guys that are that are up on the you know the top of the screen and whatnot and it is very frantic because again you got to also concentrate on shooting but you also got to concentrate on not getting hit and that type of of degree of difficulty it's challenging but it's fun all in the same time and again it has that 1942 time pilot type feel for me so it brings back a lot of great memories as well so okay all right so i mean is it uh i don't know i I, so i saw some trailers for it. it it looks a little chaotic is it easy to follow while things are on the screen yeah it's it's uh for the most part it is but it does get a little bit with so many things on at the same time as far as artillery it does get a little bit hard to see i'm going to tell you that right now but i think that's part of the challenge that you need to to realize is that you need to be in a whole half to lower part of the screen filled with enemy fire that is intent on killing you you've got to find that small little niche that small little niche that's there that you could go ahead and find in order to go ahead and and just narrow your way through in order to go ahead and survive and be able to go ahead and retaliate against these bosses and the bad guys. So it, the screen can be filled up with enemy fire and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a, a a very, very uh, challenging game. And I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it so far. Okay. All right. Is it, um, is there a a story to it or is it, is it, it, there's supposed to be a story attached to it. Like I said, you're one of, uh, a group of individuals sent out to an island to go ahead and rid the evil that's there and the evil forces that are there. And But it's basically text-based, similar to what you would see in a JRPG. And in doing okay. so, it's, yeah, it's it's not, it's, you know, that that's neither here nor there. Again, you're not really worried about that because you're spending so much time trying to survive that those little moments that they try to go ahead and introduce a story to or expand upon it really just is a whole bunch of text that you're just going ahead and trying to to recover for the next wave and level of a bombard of a bombardment that's coming upon you. Okay. All right. All right. Um. I mean, would you? Would what kind of gamers would you recommend it to? Uh, basically, if you're into arcade, arcade style games. No, if you're into shooters, it's not going to be something that you're going to stay with for a long time. But basically, for a fun night, fun couple nights, it's going to be a game that I think you want to go ahead and play because it is a challenge. And it's always something that I think would be best suited, if, if I'm going to say this correctly, on the Switch because it's something that you could take. It's just a, a cool little shooter that you can go ahead and play through on a car ride or something like that that will really get you going. It also serves as well on the console, but I think as a portable game, it's going to be a little bit harder to see, but again, it makes for a great time if you can go ahead and play it, because it's just so much happening on the screen at once. All right, right on, right on. So it's available on Switch. And consoles, yeah. And, and PC, consoles. Yeah, yeah. And PC, okay. So, and then you, I know you were playing CrossCode. Do you have some initial impressions of that game? So yeah, CrossCode is it's a top-down um, kind of like Legend of Zelda or Octopath Traveler. If you played that one, it has a uh, the combat's very smooth. You know, it's I love that you don't have to go to like a separate. Uh, it it kind of you know just it has a Children of Morta vibe to it, but like you you don't have to go to a separate battle screen to fight, and I think that that's really cool. Uh, this the story, of course, you know, like all MMO RPGs, uh, not MMO, but um, RPGs, JRPGs, revolves around somebody with amnesia. You know, she goes and she plays the uh, Cross Worlds game. You know, it's a fictional game within that universe, and 
she's trying to like get her memory back and you're you're basically you're going through you have town you stop in towns there's little dungeons and stuff like that so it is it it has like a fantasy fantasy star vibe to it just in the way the dialogue boxes appear on the corners i do love the colors i love the the combats um you know it's 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 challenging but it's very smooth it flows very well and so it is, uh, you know, it, it kind of plays like a like a s like a Super Nintendo game. The soundtrack's like a typical JRPG soundtrack. So a lot of people will be really into that. I think they did a good job of bringing back like a lost era of gaming in this game. And uh, it does have a leveling system. You do get to upgrade equipment. Like it's a there's a lot packed into this little game, and I think that they did a very good job. Uh, with that, and I can't wait to finish playing it, and uh, you know I'll have a a deeper review come up, you know, later on as a either a PCC one shot or just part of the Pop Culture Cosmos show. But I am digging it so far. Well, that's good. That's awesome to hear. I think a lot of uh, good words are coming from us in regards to Crosscode and Sisters Royale. If you want to check it out, they are available on consoles, and you want to go ahead and check out what they're doing. Go ahead, and we're going to have some, hopefully, streams coming up in the near future for both of these games. But also, if you can, just check out these games, whether on Steam, whether on consoles, or wherever you get your, your video games, CrossCode and Sisters Royale. Truly, truly cool games to play. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. My friend, there's more to talk about on today's show before we head on out. Emmy nominations, my friend. Emmy nominations are here, they're live, and I wanna give you just a countdown of some of the big winners this past week as far as the nominations are concerned. Watchmen, 26 nominations. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, 20 nominations. This is from Variety, by the way. Ozark, 18. Succession, 18. The Mandalorian, 15. Saturday Night Live, 15. Schitt's Creek, that's S-C-H-I-T-T, for anyone out there. Schitt's Creek, 15. The Crown, 13. Hollywood 12, and Westworld, which is normally a big, 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 big nominee-type show, that only got 11. It lost what it set out to be. And like then they said, the Lord is trying to destroy the human race, but she was trying to save the human race. Like There's a lot of confusion within the show. The show looks beautiful, but there's just there's so much... You know, so much confusion inside of it. I just like I didn't understand this season. I mean, I really liked season one until the end. Well, I think the last episode for me fell flat. Season two was all over the place. Season three is all over the place. So again, uh, for something that's all over the place, I'm not sure how much I'm going to stick with it because I just I don't know what to expect, and uh, everything I can see on there is not everything I'm going to like. So yeah. you got to have patience when you're watching series like these. Problem is, I don't know how much more patience with all the other good stuff out there because we'll see the boys, and we saw every right. episode of the boys, and we like that. Right, uh, yeah, Umbrella get, Academy. You know, the, there's other great it shows out there that we watch that we like all almost all the episodes. So that's that yeah. Just, yeah. With so much to watch out there now, on regular TV, cable TV, and streaming TV, plus the movies, yeah, plus video games. Plus everything else that, you know, that we're doing, is you have to limit your time on what you're watching, and it has to be something that that you feel or you're going into it you think is going to be a quality watch. And that's not always the case with shows like Westworld. That's just again all over the place. But again, eleven nominations. You can't argue with that. Netflix reigning supreme with 160 nominations. HBO's no slouch with over 100, and obviously the top getting nominated show in The Watchmen, which is truly an incredible watch, and people need to see that. 
Tiger King did get a few nominations. It still just bewilders me on that. But again, if you want to go ahead and check it out, it's on Variety as far as the which shows got nominated. If you're looking for a specific one, we share the articles on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos. What are your thoughts on the Emmy nominations? Did you like all the Emmy nominations that were there? Did you think there were some snubs? Were you surprised on a few? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we head on out, my friend, The Walking Dead, I kind of held that back from making that part of the announcements at San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend, but they did announce that they were extending the episodes for season 10 and delaying season 11. I think they're adding six more episodes and they're having their quote-unquote season 10 finale, which is no longer the season 10 finale, up, coming up in October. Fear the Walking Dead, that's coming around also in October for more episodes in its next season. And if they kill off Morgan, I'm just going to tell everyone out there, I'm tuning out of the show forever. Don't kill Morgan. The newest show, that's coming out, I believe, in 2021 as well. So, I mean, there's still a lot to talk about when it comes to The Walking Dead. As you're seeing right now, I've got on Vital Thrills and they're going ahead and, and showing you exactly what's going on with this article in regards to the updates from Fear of the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead and whatnot. The newest show, The Walking Dead World Beyond, that's going to be coming out at a later point in time in 2021, but it's now more solidified. I want to hear your thoughts. You're not as big a fan as you once were of The Walking Dead. Do you ever see yourself going back? Honestly, I I do not. I just I'm so far over the zombie anything having to do with zombies. I I am Yeah, and like I I do still love uh, like my my video games. Yeah. Give me that zombie in the background. Uh. <laughs> I do still love my video games, you know, with zombies in them. Those are fun, but I just like the the whole like Walking Dead, Dawn of the Dead. I I'm I'm over it. You know, I wish I wasn't. I wish that wasn't the case, but I've just I've I've had enough, man. Like I and I I know that Walking Dead still has a cult following. I really did love the comic books for a while, but it's just it's not a world that I am very uh, interested in going back into. You know, especially like after all the debates I've had with people over it, I just like I don't want to get involved in it again. But what about you, though? Is it something that you'd want to go back to? I told you about Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead has been a miserable failure for the most part in, in the lives of a lot of TWD fans. I thought it's been okay. That's had its moments. Uh, it's going to not have any more moments for me if Morgan is killed off because that was his perilous fate that it looked like he was at a near-death position at the end of the last season. And Morgan's been someone who has crossed over from the original Walking Dead series to Fear the Walking Dead. And he is truly a great actor. And I, I, if anything happens to Morgan on that, it, it to me, he carries the show at this point in time. He gave it a bit of life when he came over there. And I, I certainly hope that he's not going to go ahead and bow out. With the rest of The Walking Dead, I don't know. It's all over the, the map for me. I mean, kind of gained some interest with this, the, you know, the recent uh, conflict that they had. I don't know where it's going to go from here. It just it really looks like it's something that is going to be okay for the rest of its run. I, it's not going to be running much longer. I see maybe two, three more seasons out of it because at some point in time it's going to have to end the comic book series end. So we're going to have to wait and see. The world beyond does not interest me in the slightest. And if Daphne was here, I'd tell her that straight up. That's a hard sell for me at this point in time because I think The Walking Dead, I think there was better ways to go. Uh, to create a series. I'd love to see them try to create a cure for it, but nobody seems to be interested on that show or Robert Kirkman when he was creating the comic book series is interested in, in going after a cure, you know, coming up with a cure for it. That would have been a great way to to cap off the series, but that doesn't seem to be yeah, the case. That was, that was a big plot point, though, is the fact that there wasn't a cure. You know, and like when you die, you you become one regardless of whether or not you meant to become one you know yeah. and it's like that i think that was a big plot point for them but then they they played it out they played it until literally nobody cared about it anymore and i think that that was something that shouldn't have happened you know maybe yeah i think it would have been cool to say like well that's not necessarily true maybe there is something out there that can cure people and that could have added a whole another element of the show like hey Maybe somebody in the party becomes a zombie. That would have been a good story arc, but yeah, or, just, or their forces because 
you know, there are a lot of forces now that came to power that would have never been power in real life. So they may try to stop the people who are trying to find a cure. Well, I mean, even something from like a 28 days later perspective, like, yeah, they eventually will starve. And, you know, in the walk, that's the one thing I don't like about The Walking Dead is that these things aren't metabolizing. You know, you don't, they're, they're, they're just hungry all the time. Like, why do they feed? There's no logic behind any of it. Like, that's what I really loved about, you know, 28 days later and World War Z. Like, there was more, there was science behind it. But this is just like zombies for the sake of zombies, you know, and it just, it, it's played out. One last thing on the TWE, kind of related to it. Robert Kirkman is creating a series based off, an, uh, I guess, more comic books of his in the world of superheroes, or kind of. And it's it's going to have a similar vibe or theme as what we're seeing from the boys and Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol. So I want to hear your thoughts. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but Robert Kirkman's new series that he's developing, a lot of big-name actors are going to be involved as far as doing voiceovers for it. Uh, have you heard of it? Are you interested in it? So let me, is let that me ask the you. one? I, I saw a picture with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is he one of the people that are in that show? I, I think so, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, hey, it could be good. You know, we're in a world where th there's pretty much uh, the superhero. I think the superhero genre will stay alive because there's literally nothing else to watch. You know, even I got really into Ragnarok on Netflix and like that is more of a superhero show than it is a um, Invincible. A Invincible is called. Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, it, it's possible. I know there's been a lot. Remember Sony? Uh, had their PlayStation exclusive shows for a while. Remember the what was it called? Powers, I yes, think. And I, I like that show. Like there's, yeah. I mean, I it, it wasn't bad, but I mean, there's just been a lot of things that have launched regarding superhero narratives, and they have crashed and burned, uh, if not critically, then financially. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but now, right oh. now, it's on a high because you've got, like I said, Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy, and The Boys, which are all seeing massive returns. Yeah, but you have to look at it this way. Like, there is a risk in creating a fresh superhero property. I think what, what like, uh, The Boys and Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol and stuff like that, what they have going for them is they're, they already have a, a following. They're already based on existing properties. So I think that's kind of working in their favor. But, uh, you know, let's let's hope. Let's hope. Maybe we the world, uh, maybe the genre does need something fresh. So that would be cool. What do you think out there about Invincible, Robert Kirkman's new series, and also The Walking Dead and the latest updates that they gave? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Are you interested in seeing any more of The Walking Dead, whether it's the new Walking Dead series, The World Beyond, Fear the Walking Dead, or the episodes that have been added on for season 10 and season 11 that's being pushed back to even later in 2021. want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Two more last things, my friend, before we head on out on this episode of the PCC Multiverse, and that is The Witcher prequel, Blood Origin. Not surprising, The Witcher was a big hit on Netflix. I mean, I just are you looking forward to a prequel for The Witcher? Yeah, I could be down with that. I was I was thinking about that yesterday. It is something. Yeah, I I, I really like that world. You know, I, I love um, source. What what are they what do they call it? Sword and sorcery. Like I love that genre of storytelling. And I I yeah, I'd be down for it. I mean, the just from just from watching the show you don't get a sense of like exactly how rich that world is but anyone who has played the games or read the books like really knows there's a lot of deep mythology behind that and a lot of lore and yeah i think it's a great idea for them to explore it i my one hope would be that we don't have these shows running side by side because i feel like there'd be just too much to watch at that point like if they said hey the witcher you know they waited six months you know three to six months to release the show after a season of the witcher that would be fine that way we don't have much of a lapse in witcher content but i don't know like i am interested in seeing it but i can also see it where it'd be a risky move to kind of oversaturate the marketplace with the witcher stuff there you go what are your thoughts out there on a witcher prequel called blood origin coming in 2021 share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well it's been a great episode my friend before we head on out though adopt me one of the best, or actually most popular, games within 
a game. Because the world of Roblox, you can create your own games or whatnot. And one of the games that a studio within the realm of Roblox, which is one of the biggest games, if not the biggest games out there, with over 150 million concurrent users, I mean, users each month, with 150 million users each month that are out there playing Roblox, including my daughter. I want to ask you this. Adopt Me is a game within this game that has about a third of that with 50 million. They're ramping up their studio. And this is something that could branch out on its own very, very soon. Rumors of that, there's fears of that, or it could stay within the world of Roblox and it's still going to do great. This is something that we've seen from Minecraft a little bit, but not to this extent. I want to hear your thoughts on Adopt Me, which uh, you know actually adopts a lot of the, the traits from The Sims, uh, if you remember the Pets games from the Nintendo DS that were a big seller each and every time out, has a lot of that feel. But again, it, whether it's a person or, or, or a pet or anything like that, in that realm where you're, you're helping things grow, you've got to take care of things and things of that nature, Adopt Me is really fitting into a nice niche. And it could be really something that a lot of people could get into, especially younger audiences, because that's who really this is geared towards to. Uh, I mean, is this like a Gigapet or Digimon? Like, is this... In in some ways, yeah. I mean, it's more than that. It's evolving to that. I mean, there's a ton of, of YouTube videos out there that I've gotten a chance to see as far as all the different variations that you can go ahead. And as my daughter was telling me, and it's great because you have to have these conversations on a, on a level she really likes to go ahead and express herself on because she's 12... And she was able to go ahead and, and talk all about Adopt Me. And, you know, she's like, eh, it wasn't for me. But then they added pets into it. And it was just like, oh, wow. Really, that's that's something. Because it's grown to this sub-genre within the game. Because you have this hugely massive hit, this big massive hit in Roblox. And then beyond that, you have a game within a game that's making its own niche with its own different style and feel. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. I mean, just when you have something this large and you have something this cute, I mean, this is something where it could be getting a lot of people. I mean, we see it before. We've seen it before with with these childish games that I know you like. You were saying when you were at Best Buy and you were selling these games off, and you weren't really sure why these people. But then again, that's what happens. You have a younger audience that's of latched that has latched onto something that could lead to more interesting games for them in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that leads the younger generation to games is is a good thing. But how soon until they outgrow them, right? Like, look at how, you know, I don't know many adults who loved Pokemon Blue and Red growing up that bought Pokemon Sword and Shield. You know, it's like it's it's how soon until you outgrow them. And, like, it is a risky market. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I just, I... I don't know enough about it to really have an honest opinion on it. Like, I think that if it's something that's getting kids into gaming, then cool. Yeah. If it works, it works. But you know, I, I also like, don't, uh, is it going to create a new fad in gaming where everyone's creating stuff like that? You know, it's just, it's a interesting thing. I'll have to do a little more research on it. Uh, you and I both, my friend, because my kid is, had okay things to say about it but there's a lot of people getting into it she's a huge roblox fan and i know a lot of other people are as well so people thought oh they're just passing it off as roblox as a key game or adopt me and that's just a key game well again you're talking about 50 and 150 million users a month respectively for those games that's nothing to sneeze at and being one of the world's most popular games and having a sub uh, a game within the game that's getting its own amount that a lot of games that a lot of developers and game makers would be envious of. You know what? That's that's a very impressive feat. There is uh, that's that's you know that's a that's a truly impressive feat. Therein. What are your thoughts out there on Adopt Me? Do you have a child or are you playing it at all? I mean, are you really into it? We want to know. Have you? You know, what are the kind of things that you're you're really into when you're you're just going ahead and within the world of Adopt Me, within the world of Roblox. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
My friend, it's been a great episode. Before we head on out, I want to give everybody a high sign that we're going to be having the finality. Saved it for its own special episode of the top 20 movies. Oh, we already gave number 20 away before previously, but mostly the number, the top 20 movies of our pop culture cosmos, top 100-ish movie countdown. That's coming up on the Monday show. Looking forward to it. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, I think we covered everything. All right. It's been fun. It's been fun indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. filters i think they're called pea poppers that's, oh, that's, for that's exciting peas. yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for popping all the peas can a podcast be a reboot oh god yes we are highly highly you know, it's just, just always, always fun, fun to talk about geeky stuff. And Atlanta is the place to do okay. it. I guess that's it. We play the promo. So. Okay. That was an awesome promo. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.